Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Welcome to The Beat. I'm Ari Melber. We begin continuing coverage of the breaking news, a new special counsel to investigate Donald Trump. This is the breaking story. This is the big story. For the unprecedented second time, a special counsel has been named to oversee criminal investigations and the possible indictment of people around Donald Trump or the former president himself. Attorney General Garland making the announcement today. I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. Such an uh, an appointment underscores the department's commitment to both independence and accountability. Appointing a special counsel at this time is the right thing to do. The extraordinary circumstances presented here demand it. I can't really underscore how big a deal this is. The last time we saw this kind of paperwork pursuant to Donald Trump may feel like eons ago, but it was when the then acting attorney general for overseeing Trump cases, because the actual attorney general had recused, shocked all of Washington and put out a a very similar set of documents, which encapsulate basically what you just heard the attorney general say, that this is necessary. And that's when Bob Mueller got to work. And that changed in many ways the course of the Trump presidency, even if many people felt that for all the indictments, it never actually reached then-President Trump himself. So this is a huge deal, and we have experts standing by to go into it. As always, we're going to begin with the facts. A little later in the show tonight, I'm going to give you my legal breakdown that I've been working on today with our team since the news broke. But we begin with exactly what this does. Let me tell you what's happening before I tell you what we think about it. The special counsel now will oversee the two open criminal cases that involve Donald Trump. First, the January 6th insurrection, and what legal culpability, if any, Donald Trump is deemed to have. As you and just about everyone in America knows, there have been a lot of hearings and committee investigations in Congress about that. There have been trials of seditionists, including one going into this week. But this will now be under the ambit and control of this new special counsel when you look at the January 6th probe and anything that touches Trump. And then second, that other case that got Donald Trump the indignity of having his property searched as a former president, the issue of whether he stole classified documents and whether he or anyone else should be indicted for that. Now, Garland says he made this new move today because both Trump and Biden are now intending to or already running for president. And he tapped a veteran prosecutor to be the new Mueller, to be special counsel. Today. I signed an order appointing Jack Smith to serve as special counsel. The order authorizes him to continue the ongoing investigation into both of the matters. Mr. Smith is the right choice to complete these matters in an even-handed and urgent manner. That is the brief. That's the assignment. Jack Smith is a career prosecutor. He has a high reputation for integrity. He ran the DOJ division called the Public Integrity Unit. He has experience with exactly the kind of special challenges that come in these cases. We hear so much about no one being above the law, and we'll discuss that later tonight. But politicians write laws, 
And politicians who are running for office to get back in power have all sorts of complexities that are different than just prosecuting a random person. So it is striking that the attorney general has picked someone here with exactly that experience. And not only that, you want to talk about a tough assignment? Well, he was recently prosecuting alleged war criminals at The Hague. Now, what does this mean for Donald Trump? Well, you may recall from Mueller that everything led all the way up the line, but not including the president. And that actually had nothing to do with Bob Mueller or what you think of his probe. The policy under both parties' administrations that is still policy now at DOJ is that a DOJ prosecutor cannot indict a sitting president. So while there was much talk about what it would lead to, it was never going to lead to that unless somebody broke the DOJ rules that are promulgated by its nonpartisan office of legal counsel. Now, Mueller cited that and explained that as part of his decisions of what he could and couldn't do. And I want to be clear before we bring in our experts. The last time there was a special counsel investigating Donald Trump, it was Bob Mueller, and Donald Trump was holding something that no one in America has other than, I guess, on the Monopoly board. He was holding a get-out-of-jail-free card. There was nothing that was going to come from DOJ that was going to try to send him to jail then. Donald Trump doesn't have that card anymore. He is a citizen, albeit a citizen running for office, which is part of why Garland says he had to make this decision and make this new office to provide independence of a special counsel pro. So where do we go from here? Is this an escalation, a status quo, a punt? We're going to get into all of that over the course of this hour. I can tell you this is the story that no one predicted coming today that has huge repercussions that some in Trump world were very scared of. And now it's here. So let's bring in two former U.S. attorneys, exactly the type of people who've made these tough calls before, Joyce Vance and David Kelly, who, full disclosure, was my former boss when I practiced law. Uh, Welcome to both of you. Joyce, I just walked through the news of it, meaning what Garland said and what this does. Uh, In your view, if somebody's just wondering how does this affect the open probes, if at all, uh, what's your answer? Yeah, you know, these are nuanced questions, and there will be a lot of criticism of this move that Merrick Garland has made because this investigation is underway. It's not a brand new investigation being stood up where you immediately see a conflict of interest and appoint a special counsel. What happened here, according to Merrick Garland's speech, was the convergence of two events, uh, former President Trump's announcement of his new candidacy And Joe Biden's earlier statements where he suggested he would seek the presidency, that Garland believes creates a conflict of interest and that that mandated his appointment of a special counsel in this case. The real concern is, does it slow the process down? Now you've got someone new getting into the mix. They have to stand up in office. That takes time in a bureaucracy. Garland seemed fully aware of those concerns today, and he explicitly talked about that, saying that he would provide resources, that he expected Jack Smith to jump straight into the process. And interestingly, as you point out, appointing Smith, who has recently been involved in the war crimes prosecutions in Kosovo, he went to that investigation after it had been in progress for some period of time, but before any indictments had been brought, seemed to jump into that one midstream and charge straight ahead. So one supposes Garland may have been favorably influenced by his experience in that regard. Yeah, really interesting. You mentioned The timing, that jumped out, I think, to everyone. Timing is part of this. This is happening after the midterms. 
because people are now talking about the next cycle, uh, even if, David, as a prudential matter, not all Americans want another two-year long presidential race discussion, uh, but the potential subject of this probe is a declared candidate. As for timing, here's exactly what the attorney general said today. You guys want to play number one? I will ensure that the special counsel receives the resources to conduct this work quickly and completely. Given the work to date and Mr. Smith's prosecutorial experience, I am confident that this appointment will not slow the completion of these investigations. David, uh, do you think that is a vow that can be kept? Uh, And what do you think, same question, this special counsel does to the open probes? So, look, I agree with Joyce. One of the big concerns is the timing. But on the other side of the coin, these aren't rocket science investigations. And I don't think it's going to take a lot to catch up. But on the other hand, I think that one of the bigger concerns is, you know, while I praise the attorney general for trying to be transparent and completely above board, I don't think this appointment really adds value. When you look at the um, regulations under which he appointed the special counsel, which means that at the end of the day, the person who ultimately has say over whether or not an indictment is issued or how the investigation concludes is the very person who appointed the special counsel, which is Attorney General Garland. So, look, if, if you're looking back in time, um, you know, look, the independent counsel law, it, you know, extinguished um, and that gave people too much leeway. And the special counsel rules maybe narrowed it too much. When you look back into the Bush administration, you saw that the acting attorney general at the time, sitting in for Attorney General Ashcroft, who was ill, appointed Patrick Fitzgerald to um, investigate Scooter Libby. And the way he did it was not the special counsel rule, but was to appoint him, was to delegate to him, making him acting attorney general for the sole purpose of the Scooter Libby investigation, which gave him full power and authority as if he were the attorney general. So, and likewise, and I think Joyce may have had the same experience that I did, which was while I was U.S. attorney in neighboring U.S. attorney's offices, there was times when the U.S. attorney was recused. And I was brought in on like four or five times. I was the acting attorney general, excuse me, acting U.S. attorney in other districts to handle investigations. So if the attorney general really wanted to make this completely independent, one of the thoughts is, is to make the person who he appoints to this position to be, you know, answering to no one except himself. Now, obviously, there are dangers with that, too. But the bottom line that I'm getting at is that I don't know that under these circumstances, this appointment is, as you know, I, I praise him for his efforts and his intent to be completely transparent. But at the end of the day, I don't think this adds much value because I think whoever is special counsel is going to be criticized as being partisan who's going to be criticized as being biased. And at the end of the day, the person who's making the ultimate decision is presumably, in the eyes of the critics, biased. Hmm. That's a great point. You break it down, and you break it down with acumen, David, because you're not just saying this doesn't add value. You're saying this doesn't add legal value, and there are alternate options that were not exercised that would have actually had teeth and been more independent. Uh, and so with that with that view stated, David, what do you think the attorney general is doing? Why, why do this if, as you state, it's not as independent as it could be? And it adds a layer that will ultimately go back to Garland to make a tough call. 
Look, I think there are dangers to appointing somebody to be acting attorney general because then there is really very minimal oversight <clears throat> um, and no one who can re really make the final say. And this is going to be a really big decision, uh, you know, if you were to indict the the, um, the former president and somebody who's candidate yeah. to be, be president. Um, so that's that's a big deal to make the same decision that was made back with Scooter Libby. Um, but they're saying, look, I think the, the attorney general is trying to avoid any appearance of conflict, but I don't think that the, the law in place to do that, the conventional way of approaching it, really accomplishes that. Joyce? And so, you know. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I, I Finish your thought no matter, again, Joyce. No matter, so you, no matter how you slice this, whoever is making the decision is going to be criticized. It, you know, it, it, it's, it's inescapable. And I think the biggest defense to that is to develop a mountain of compelling evidence to support whatever indictment is brought. Um, or it may well be, too, that the attorney general is thinking, you know what, I am not going to, I'm, as the way this is going now, I don't see charges here. So let me kick it off to a special counsel. And that's a special counsel reaches the same conclusion. It makes it easier for the attorney general to say, well, the special counsel says we're not charging. Yeah. Joyce? So I think David is right when he says that the attorney general realizes that he'll be criticized no matter how he proceeds here. And in a way, that's liberating as a prosecutor. It means you don't try to do what'll make people happy. You try to do the right thing and get the job done. Um, these folks who we've seen, not just Mr. Smith, but some of the prosecutors who have joined this team, do not appear to be the sorts of people who would short circuit their careers, leave lucrative jobs in private practice, or in Smith's case, leave his role um, in the hog and, and come uh, to the Justice Department only to say, you know, we think we'll pass on this prosecution. It looks like these folks are for real, that they're serious about taking a good hard look at the evidence here. And perhaps where there is value added in this process that Merrick Garland has decided to use comes in the day-to-day -day oversight of the investigation. It's a subtle point, but in a typical case, you have a United States attorney who's a presidential appointee, someone who has some sort of a, a political a piece of skin in the game, and they're deciding what leads get investigated, what investigative steps get taken next, how does the case progress, or, or where do you put the brakes on? Now that there's a special counsel in place, that person who is apolitical will be making those calls. And that's the sort of circumstantial yeah. guarantee of fairness, this sort of lean that DOJ likes of letting the career people make decisions. It may never appeal to Trump and his followers, but I think in hindsight, history will view this decision a little bit more kindly than some of us are viewing it in the moment. Yeah, well, history will be able to judge it because whether you charge or don't charge a former president facing two open probes, it's going to be noticed. It's going to be discussed. Uh, really a bombshell that went off this afternoon. We're, we're lucky to have two people who've been U.S. attorneys who've made so many of these tough calls. My thanks to Joyce and David. And as I mentioned at the top of the broadcast, I want to tell everyone that's the news. And those are two experts breaking it down. When we come back, we turn to our special report, the Mueller precedent, what this means and where the attorney general has set up new challenges for the DOJ as people question whether this is what leads to Donald Trump's indictment. That's next. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash Sirius XM. Major news today is Attorney General Garland appoints this special counsel who will oversee the open criminal probes of Trump. That means the January 6th investigation and the stolen documents. Now, this was not a scheduled or telegraphed development. As we were discussing at the top of the show, this news just shot across Washington, driving interest, intrigue, immediate political clashes, and questions about what it means, which I was just discussing with two of our legal experts. So we heard from them, we reported the facts, now we turn to my special report on the story. Garland's action does something very clear. It creates a lane for the DOJ to do these probes. And I'll tell you right up front, that is legally valid. The AG has that power. And now this becomes legal reality. There's no evidence here that Garland overstepped. At the same time, and a former U.S. attorney, David Kelly, mentioned this in our discussion a few moments ago, I'm going to tell you, at the same time, this action, creating this type of special counsel, is not required or necessary under a plain reading of the DOJ's standing rules. So while it's valid, which I want to be fair about, it may also complicate or even confound these cases more than it clarifies them. So I'll explain why right now in our special report. Some people are suggesting that the mere appointment of a special counsel makes charges in these cases more likely, or charges against Trump more likely. Now, as a legal matter, that's just not true. Over on the right, Trump's allies are suggesting that this new special counsel appointment, which adds a layer of some independence, they say it actually takes away independence, that its very existence is unfair to Trump. Now, that's not true according to these rules. What this action does is create a structure in what has already been the long process of these cases. It's a new layer in both cases because the probes into January 6th and the documents have already been going. Agents and prosecutors already working to gather evidence and, if warranted, make a case for indictments. So let's go through a couple of doors here. If they don't think they have enough to indict in either case, well, that's where it usually ends. But if the same people involved in these cases and the agents, the line prosecutors, they don't change. If those same people do back indictments before today, they take the case to Garland. Now they take it to the special counsel who still then takes it to Garland for the final call. So it's a layer, but not a separate call. For his part, Garland explained the move by stating he concluded, as a matter of the rules, this layer had to be added. In certain extraordinary cases, it is in the public interest to appoint a special prosecutor based on recent developments 
including the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election, and the sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as well, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. So, midterm's over. Garland is saying Trump and Biden are essentially running for president, so he must do this. And that really boils down to the reason that he says the case is both extraordinary and thus this is in the public interest. In fact, let's, let's play just that quick part. It is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. Okay. So why is he saying that? If you really want to understand this, and again, there are reasons why this may be unnecessary, and there are reasons why a very respected attorney general who was a judge for a long time is saying that with his career, with his integrity, he concludes this is necessary. Well, those words aren't by accident. We've heard this exact rationale before. The man who appointed Bob Mueller, then Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, actually said the same thing when he made that move in 2017, that it's in the, quote, public interest to appoint a special counsel. Now, this isn't some D.C. cliche. This isn't some piece of slang that suddenly suddenly is getting repeated all the time. Attorneys general are not even supposed to just trot out talking points. The reason it echoes is because it's actually based on the rules, which say when an AG does need to take this type of rare and sometimes consequential step, well, the rules say the attorney general will only do so, appoint a special counsel, when they determine it would be in the public interest. Now, why is this in the public interest? According to the attorney general, it is because of the extraordinary circumstance that you have the person at least involved in the center of these probes, whether they clear him or not, Donald Trump, now running for office. It's not even that he's a former president, right? We heard so much about the fact that in the Mueller probe, he was president at the time, and that did legally complicate things. Now, he's just some guy. He's a guy accused of having stolen documents down at his house to the point that a judge approved getting him back. He's a guy who's tied to a bunch of other folks who have been convicted of serious crimes in an insurrection. He's just a guy. But the extraordinary part, and I want you to understand this so you can make up your own mind about the legalities, Garland has concluded the extraordinary part is that this guy is running for office. Well, that's a key point, because the last major special counsel probe of Trump was Mueller. And he racked up indictments. He faced down those Russian officials accused of meddling in our elections. He had the DOJ overseeing the big calls with Mueller. But if this is an optional layer, what's the alternative? The answer is, well, one answer is the Justice Department just going forward with the work without doing this. Because Garland cited these campaigns as the public interest special circumstances, right? I keep repeating that for a reason. Is that really special? I'm going to give you the answer with the evidence. No. Prosecutors investigate politicians all the time without special counsels. Donald Trump is just some guy. If he's elected president again, legally, he won't be some guy, and we'll report on that. But right now, he's just a guy. And the DOJ has investigated plenty of candidates and politicians without special counsels. Take a Democratic senator, Bob Menendez. He was indicted for bribery allegations. He beat that case in a mistrial. DOJ dropped it. 
Take a very famous convicted politician who was actually, as a footnote, pardoned by Trump. Democrat Rod Blagojevich. He went to jail. He did hard time. He was convicted of corruption. There was no special counsel that led to any of that. Or just this year, in a case that got less attention, there was a Nebraska congressman convicted of lying while they were investigating illegal campaign contributions. No special counsel. Now, take it from a lawyer. Lawyers can debate words like extraordinary and public interest. But the history suggests you can investigate politicians, and it's not extraordinary or unusual. That's why it usually happens without special counsels. So this appointment doesn't mean Trump is more likely to be indicted at all. There's nothing that assumes that. It also doesn't mean it's less likely he'll be indicted. There is nuance. So we heard just now, I walked through why Garland's move seems a bit unnecessary. We heard from a guest tonight about why he could have done something different. So is there any substantive defense of what Garland's doing? The answer is yes. And I want to share that with you, too, as part of our report. And it's going to be a little bit legal, but I think it's worth it. Let me show you right now how this special counsel does have different autonomy. Because the DOJ rules state that unlike basically everybody else at DOJ, the special counsel is not, not subject to day-to-day supervision of any official. That obviously includes Garland. And if there were a clash with any special counsel or this new one and Attorney General Garland, so let's imagine that the special counsel so aggressive that he wants to do something that Garland opposes in the future. Well, extra autonomy, that type of clash will go public under the rules. You would hear about it because they say the attorney general may reject an investigative or prosecutorial step that's unwarranted. That's why all the calls do go back to Garland. But if that happens, then the AG shall, shall notify Congress. That means the special counsel has an extra kind of autonomy and power because if they had a losing battle, and typically, as we've seen in these cases, like you saw up in the New York case, the line prosecutors wanted to go at Trump and their boss didn't. Well, if that situation happened here, under the rules, you'd actually hear about it. It would go to Congress, and we know that means it would go public. So that could strengthen this prosecutor's hand in theory. But no matter what happens, it all still comes back to Garland. So what I just showed you, those rules are part of why people said Mueller had a stronger hand against basically everyone except the president. It's why people say this still is Garland giving someone even more authority than the line prosecutors have. Take that all together and think about where we are in America after what we've lived through. After two elections in a row where we basically had liars and election deniers running, where the Republican Party has been minimizing the insurrection, that's now been rejected again by many midterm voters. We've been talking about that. And so maybe there's some way around the corner, but boy, have we spent a lot of time hearing something that ought not to even be necessary to say, that politicians are like everybody else and nobody is above the law. We can't allow people to decide that they are above the law. You have forgotten what it means to say that no one is above the law. In America, no one is above the law. Excuse by excuse. We're putting Donald Trump above the law. Tell this president and every other individual that no one is above the law. No person is above the law in this country. I can't say it any more clearly than that. That's true. The last person speaking clearly was the attorney general. And in his announcement today, he says that he made this unusual move in that spirit. Okay. 
take it all together, whether you were interested in the legalese I shared or not about the what ifs and the who thens. Let me tell you what it all comes down to. If there's enough evidence that there has to be a hard call on whether to do something that's never been done before, because according to the evidence, many people think we've never had exactly a president like Donald Trump before. And the evidence suggests he should be indicted and tried and potentially sent to prison for what he's done in this country. In one case, while he was still president, Jan 6, and the other case after he left office, if in either of those cases that's the call, well, the buck still stops with Mr. Attorney General. And if you think Garland is punting the decision to a different prosecutor, I've heard critics and supporters sort of say, yeah, this is a handoff. If you think he's pushing the hard call about all this, let's be clear, this is not actually a punt. It might be a short-term punt, but in the end, it's more like a kick that could be called back or a play where you pass the ball and then somebody passes it right back to you and you're the one holding it because all of this will come back to Attorney General Garland to make the decision. And I think at the end of the day, I try to be as real with you guys as I can based on what I can see with the evidence, no spin, no bias, no predictions. If you study Attorney General Garland's career, you have every reason to believe that this long-serving judge, this nonpartisan figure who ended up back in an administration, is doing what he thinks is right on the law and his career and integrity. At the same time, there's every reason to understand this as not passing it all the way off and not deciding to be aggressive to, pretend to, to protect democracy, having been briefed on a case where certainly he has some information about what Trump did and what he knew. There's every reason to see this as something that ultimately cannot just have the time run out. The buck stops with the attorney general. That's the system. Today slightly alters the process, but doesn't change where the buck stops. So at the end of the day, if Donald Trump or his top people committed crimes, and there's evidence of that, it's going to be up to Attorney General Garland to decide. And he doesn't have till the end of time. Now, I want to bring in someone who has very strong views on all of this and has been a really clear talker, which we appreciate. Ellie Mistal, he's my special guest when we're back in 60 seconds. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com offer slash SiriusXM. We are back with Justice Correspondent for the Nation, Ellie Mistal. Welcome back, sir. How you doing, Ari? Uh, I'm great. I think this is a big development and newsworthy. I also walked through some of the potential legal shortcomings. 
Uh, and so I wanted to get your view, having walked through the law, uh, of this move. There is not a single argument that I have heard in defense of Merrick Garland's self-serving, pearl-clutching press conference that he gave this morning that points that answers the critical question. If he was going to do this, if he believes this is in the public interest, then why didn't he believe that was in the public interest 18 months ago when he easily could have done the exact same thing? Because all of the facts that he laid out today are things that were known quantities 18 months ago. People will say, oh, but Donald Trump wasn't running for president 18 months ago. Wasn't he? Wasn't he, though? As far as I can tell, Trump still thinks he is the president, right? So this idea that Trump was going to be a candidate for office is not a new development in the case, nor is the idea, mm. quite frankly, that Joe Biden was going to be a candidate for office is a new development in the case. So well, and, and let me jump guts, in there, Ellie. Let me jump in there. Is it by facts and history extraordinary and unusual to have the regular prosecutors look at whether a politician broke the law? It is not, as you, I was going to bring up Bob Menendez and Rob Blagojevich when I got, like, those were the right people to bring up because we know that politicians running for office have been investigated by the Department of Justice in the regular process of the Department of Justice before. Now, if Garland thought that his Department of Justice just wasn't up to snuff, just, just wasn't going to be able to bring it all the way home because of the extraordinary situation of prosecuting a president as opposed to a governor, then he should have made this handoff and he should have made this announcement hmm. 18 months ago when everything was just as obvious as it is today. Or at the very least, he should have made the announcement in August when they seized the documents that Trump stole from the White House. So the idea here, Alleg and I'm not Allegedly stole, yeah. Yeah, allegedly stole from the White House, right? As you pointed out in your in your open, right? Um, we have been told by this Department of Justice that a sitting president cannot be prosecuted. We have been told by the mm -hmm. Department of Justice that a person now running for office for president can't be prosecuted. We have been told by the Department of Justice that a person who isn't actually running yeah. in the midterm elections also can't be prosecuted because right. they are too no, close to the midterm elections. I'm only right? jumping Do in. I, I'm only. I'm jumping in again. Moderator's privilege. I apologize because I want to play you some of how this reaction is going today on the right. Take a look. Merrick Garland today may be breathing some sort of a sigh of relief because he's now dumping this major, major job onto somebody else. And it's not a coincidence, this timing. Clearly, um, as a result of Donald Trump announcing for president, Merrick Garland took a look at this and said, too hot a political potato. I'm turning this over to the special counsel. This is ridiculous. This is politics at its worst. Ellie, when the standards involve public perception of fairness, then the question becomes, is this helping the DOJ on that score? Well, that's the other point here, Ari. Like, if Merrick Garland thinks that clicking this to Jack Smith from The Hague is going to take down the partisan pressure on him and make the, the right wing feel like this is a fair process, he's he's an idiot, right? Like, of course, wait till this right, wait till these people get into Jack Smith's laptop, wherever the hell that is, right? Wait till these people start going through Jack Smith's garbage can to find out his priors, right? Like, the idea that these people on the right who are in the cult of Trump are going to let this go because now we have Jack Smith. Like, is he insane? It's going to be the same the same appearance of partisanship. All he's done is delay who has to, when he has to make the call. Because, again, as you pointed out, it's still his call. So, like, what is yeah. he doing here? Ari, what I'm trying to get people to understand, 
is the passage of time, okay? We are 14 months away from the New Hampshire primary where Donald Trump will most likely be a candidate in that primary. How long do you think you have to charge him to get the trial going before the primary process? Because if you think Donald Trump's gonna be sitting in a trial while he's also in the Iowa caucuses, I got another thing coming for you, right? So if you're gonna charge him and get that trial any clearance from the actual primary process, you kind of got to go now and all this yeah. process is going to do is add delay. And I just want to say one more thing to this argument that I keep hearing from Garland defenders that like, oh, actually, now that Trump is running for president, everything has changed, changed the game. That is like a rancher opening the barn door, watching the horses run away and being saying like, well, now that the horses are out, I need a special cowboy to come wrangle. The Trump might not even be running for president if Garland had done the things to hold him accountable before today. So he is literally responding to a problem he himself is part of creating. I think you lay out a lot of it quite clearly. You clearly feel passionately about it. We've heard from more than one guest tonight about this big news. Um, you know, if we had more time, I'd ask, does a special cowboy report to a three-judge panel or the attorney general or an acting attorney general um, but we'll have to go to Cowboy Law School together another time. Uh, happy Don't know Friday, how to do Alex. things in the Hague. Happy, yeah, happy <laughs> Friday. Happy and happy, happy Thanksgiving if I don't see you. Okay, you too. Gobble gobble, and we have a lot more tonight. Stay with us. Sometimes we do reports or big introductions on the beat, and sometimes we have icons who are so enmeshed in public life, in the culture, in frankly our beat community that we just bring them right in. That's the case as Fat Joe returns to the beat. The Grammy-nated rap, rapper, artist, entrepreneur, and now author is back with us during what's been a very busy time for you. We're going to get into that. Joe's known for his music and his storytelling, also his hosting lately and his business acumen, and his many collaborations from DJ Khaled and Ashanti to Bill Crystal right here on the beat. I'm all the way up. We're legends on the street. I <laughs> walk in certain are. places you know, and they're like, yo, what's Bill? Yo, I stroll in the club with my hat down. Michael Jackson. who the Mac now? I just want to send this message out to Donald Trump. It's too late, baby. Yeah, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> lean back. Lean back. Lean back. Lean back. Come on iconic. Joe's got a new memoir. I got it in my hands. We'll put it on the screen. It is called The Book of Jose. Congratulations. Welcome back. Thank you so much, man. This uh, I've been waiting my whole life to come on R, <laughs> but to uh, put this book out, man, and just show my journey in life, the transparency through dark times, happy times, yeah. triumph. Uh, so I'll put my heart into this project. I love that. Some of the people know about you. People who watch The Beat know it from how they've learned about you. People who, who work with you with, over the years. You put your heart into just about everything I've seen. So when I hear sometimes in this world, you hear someone's got a book and you're like, cool, maybe that's like just just some little thing for them. Uh, for you, I know you're telling your stories. Oof. You talk in here about how hurt people hurt people and your arc. Um, right off the top, tell us about that. Man, um was getting bullied every day in junior high school. So this face right here yeah. isn't the face of just a tough kid. It was the face of a kid that got beat up every single day for two years straight. Essentially, unfortunately, the bully became the bully. Yeah. The guy who got bullied became the bully. And uh, 
a plague we have in America is when you're known as the bully. Some of the girls think you're more handsome. Somehow people think you're cooler. And um, and that's why that becomes so addictive. Um, my heart was always beautiful. It was always pure. And I just had to find that part of me again. But for that time, I was really, really lost. You also write about the evolution into Latin hip hop. And you write about how when you came on the scene, they were like Latin based artists, rapper. We can't even see the vision. Talk about that. Still, uh, when you think about just hip hop, uh, when I first came out, there were no Latin brothers really leading the game, putting out number ones, putting out anthems, putting out hits. And so that was just before reggaeton even came out. So if you was Latino and you want to listen to hip hop music, it was Big Pun and Fat Joe. That yeah. was it. Oh, you were, no, you were it. Yeah. Yeah. There was nowhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> Before I let you go, I wanted to share something with the viewers and thank you in public. I thank you at this event. Uh, but for the first time ever on the beach program, we are going to play a little bit of a New York event we hit, we held to say thank you to our team and our guests when we hit the five year and as we said, you know what it is. No question, doing the five-year party, we wanted you to headline. You showed up. Thank you. Brother. And for the first time on TV, let me show a little bit of you at the party. Let's go. New York City, I remember. Got to do. Got to do with it, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only George Clinton. Let's go. I want the people to know you've all been a part of a new movie called Ocean's 12. Because me and George Clinton, we stole some Basquiat's while you motherfuckers out here. A reference to some of the paintings in the building. Thank you for doing that. It was a special night. How did you feel being there with George Clinton, who we all love? That was a magical night. He's beyond a legend, icon, legendary. Uh, but you, it, your love is natural. And people love you naturally. Nobody got to pull nobody, twist nobody's on. I flew all the way back from L.A., change went right there and and when i showed up davies this or this you, you, we cannot pay for your love it's a, i just want you to know you have a priceless thing going on with the hip-hop community thank you, thank you. you can't buy that love no man. and so that night thank was you. magical but i want to know who owns all these basquiat <laughs> so everywhere i go it's a seven billion dollar collection yo like, it's wild so we did that in partnership with john michelle basquiat sisters who are actually going to be on the beat but the room we were in is as you heard joe joke about has two 20-foot-long Basquiat's from the private collection, which are valued, and I don't know how the art thing works, but they're valued in the hundreds of millions of dollars. The insurance, they told me, on that room is over a half a billion-dollar insurance policy. It's crazy. And that's the artist, who we talk about hip-hop, that's the artist who started out. Puerto Rican and Haitian. Puerto Rican, Haitian writing family graffiti. writing graffiti on the wall. Look that's the that. American dream when it works. I want to show folks... Uh, this is, we got now the five year. This is the five year wow. wine glass for a toast. We got the five year. And people are going to see it's the beat logo with the five on it. And Joe, I wanted to How share with that with you. Five on it. <laughs> Shout, out to it Shout out to the loonies. Uh, five of that or five years, whatever you want to do it. I'll put on the screen. If you're watching, you want to get closer to Fat Joe and the beat five year, you can always go to msnbc.com slash beat Five. That's msnbc.com slash beat and the digit five. And you can get the special five year versions of the mug or the wine glass. Uh, shout out to George Clinton, Fat Joe and everyone celebrating our five years. We hope to be with everybody for many more. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Charlie. sir.
Appreciate Joe. And again, that's msnbc.com slash beat five. Some of y'all asked about mugs. That's one place to get it if you want. No worries either way. And again, our friend Fat Joe's book is titled The Book of Jose. Grab that wherever you get your books right now. I'm here today to announce the appointment of a special counsel in connection with two ongoing criminal investigations. There was the legal news rocking Washington today, the attorney general making a surprise announcement of a special counsel to oversee the two Trump criminal probes. It's a story that we've covered throughout the evening tonight on the law, the facts, the implications. Both the attorney general and the special counsel say it will not change the timeline. There is some criticism on that, as we've covered, and we will keep an eye on the case. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for spending time with me here at The Beat. You can always connect with me at rmelber.com. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.